Good afternoon, and welcome to Rise and Shine, not just for mornings anymore. Do you want to help make the world a better place but don't know where to start? Join us as we explore the possibilities on today's show with inspiring guests, uplifting music, and new ideas. So let's get started. Here are your hosts, Lorianne Rising and Uncle Mark Olmstead. Welcome to Rise and Shine, not just for mornings anymore. I'm your host, Lorianne Rising. And I'm your other host, Uncle Mark Olmstead. So what is success? What it looks like for our grandparents and our parents is vastly different from what it looks like for today's working adults. And it's continuing to change rapidly for millennials and future generations. So what can we use today to create genuine success in our lives? Today's guest discusses a whole new approach that may just be the breath of fresh air we've all been looking for. Today, we get to welcome Mac Ling to our Rise and Shine family. He's a transformative coach and founder of Coaching Collective, an executive coaching firm based in Hong Kong. At the core of Mac's coaching style is a balance of strong, empathetic listening skills with an analytical, critical thinking mindset focused on illuminating new insights for his clients. He works with high-achieving individuals to create clarity around future direction, build and maintain new rhythms and habits, and to maintain accountability for their commitments around transformation. Max experienced leading organizations in both corporate and entrepreneurial environments in the United States and Asia has given him a unique perspective around leadership development, business management, and cross-cultural integration. He has earned several degrees and prestigious certifications and has been working with and developing leaders since 2006. Welcome, Mac. We're really glad you're here. Hi, Lorianne. Hi, Mark. It's so good to be here. And I think this might be our first conversation with Hong Kong. So, congratulations. Excellent. Yeah. It, first, am I the first international guest? Not, not the first nope. international guest, but first in Asia. Yeah. This, this is pretty cool. We're, we're, we're chalking up lots of countries here that we're connected to. I think it's like 26 or 8 or 30. Something, something like that. Yeah. It's yeah. very growing exponentially. You know, we're going to have to start visiting so, our guests in person, I think. I, think, I, I would yeah. like to travel the world. So, you know, we can. <laughs> That's going to become a prerequisite for being on the show. So we, you have to be uh, you know, willing to put us on for a day or two. Absolutely. You're always <laughs> welcome here. And uh, we'll take you around. Okay. Go eat all the good things. Oh, okay. that sounds awesome. Okay. <laughs> oh, very good. Okay, well, just, just, just count on it. It'll happen. Okay, oh, Mac, well, tell, us, tell us about this. I, I, I love talking about success. I think it's, you know, not that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really good at or have a lot of experience with it. But, you know, I would love to hear how you define uh, success, really. It sounds like it's really a major focus and, and a, a contribution that you bring. Yeah, thanks. That's a great place to start. And I think as I have met with clients over the last five years, uh, I think everybody has this idea of like, I need to start moving forward. I want to like create some life for myself. And as a coach, actually, I believe that it's easier to start with the end in mind. And so if you know where you want to go, then actually it's easier to build a path to this destination uh, you know, that you've identified. And so as I've, you know, done all these conversations, I feel like people define success for themselves in four different general categories. And so I ask clients to think about the four categories and then to rank them in order for themselves. And then we talk about the top two. So I'll do that for you now. And then maybe we can even have a conversation about this. Um, and so the four are uh, wealth. So it's nice and easy. Uh, you just gain a lot of wealth and you are successful. Uh, number two is fame. Uh, some people call this recognition. Um, just you would like to be known in the world. That's number two. Number three is power. And some people call this like impact or influence. Like I want to make a difference in the world. That's number three. And then number four is happiness or some people call this like self-actualization, enlightenment. Maybe you can put like love, family into this bucket. Uh, but this one, you know, sort of encapsulates that other area. So I don't know, maybe, maybe the two of you would like to answer, you know, what, what you think uh, success looks like for the both of you. Wow. So, well, that's I, a tough choice. There's, there's, <laughs> it's interesting. <laughs> Happiness was the fourth choice. It's like, oh, man. You know, I love that it's actually broken down that way. That, I mean, to me, there's a level at which, like, 
I personally go, okay, how can I balance all four of them? And, you know, maybe so that one's not necessarily completely the only focus, but how, how do we incorporate and balance, especially when there's conflicts between them sometimes? Well, I, I think that if I was wealthier, I would be just naturally happier. <laughs> that sometimes can be a paradox. <laughs> no, but that's true. There's a lot of wealthy, unhappy people. That's, that's certainly not a, not a mystery there. Um, so are we supposed to choose a couple of them we're going to, to talk about? You can. Uh, and, and what I'll say, and I'll respond to what Lori said, is that, you know, when we, you, yes, we actually would be interested in having all of them. And, and I think sometimes when we choose none, we may not be able to get any of them in a, in a significant way. And so I think that if we have some guiding direction, it helps us to start to make some decisions about how we decide to move forward in one direction or another. And it really gives us some of the filtering questions on how to yeah, really like work through all the opportunities that get presented to us in our lives. That's cool. So is there a core or fundamental, I want to say, connective piece between them uh, mm -hmm. that, that is a, you know, if you figure that out, it kind of makes the rest obvious sort of thing? I think for me, and as I've listened to people answer this question, I think it really comes down to each person will have their own answer. And I think it's, it's really embracing this idea that my answer may not look like your answer and probably shouldn't look like your answer because you are built with different values and beliefs about the world. Your parents probably told you one thing and you may need to like examine that because maybe your idea of success is different than your parents. And so a lot of this really comes down to, you know, can you start to live and know who you are and then start to act from knowing who you are and live this life of what I call radical authenticity? So do you find that people sometimes change their focus of if they choose, say, happiness and wealth, um, do they sometimes change those through the process of working with you when they discover more about themselves? That's a good question. I, would, I don't know if people would change it while they're working with me, but I do believe that when we move life stages, that may change. And, and I think that even looking at my own life, when I was single uh, and you know, didn't have a family, you know, my priorities really aligned more with you know, self-actualization, happiness, uh, and I wanted to create some impact. And now, as I you know, now have a, a young son and another baby on the way, I'm like, ooh, maybe I probably need a little bit more wealth. So wealth has come up because I'm like, well, you know, when I was up on my own, I could eat mac and cheese and it was fine. And it was really, you know, like a happy life, like, you know, simple living. And now I'm like, well, there's school and there's things I need to save for. Oh, and then we want to get that car. Yeah. So I think that's where things start to shift and we may need to, to realign and then just be aware that our values can realign. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense. And I know you mentioned the idea of radical authenticity, and I am really, really curious to learn more about that and, and dive a little bit deeper into it. So, I mean, we're kind of familiar with authenticity, but what do you mean by radical authenticity? So I've been doing a lot of this work, and as I've been talking to people, I really feel like as I can break it apart. So authenticity is really just showing up and, and being yourself to the best that you can be. And as I've gotten to know people and listen to their stories, it really feels like it's a little bit more uh, piecemeal than that. And, and you can break it apart a little bit uh, more yeah, succinctly so that we can actually maybe focus on some of the areas where we get hung up. And I feel like it breaks down to three areas. And the first part is really around knowing yourself deeply and really understanding who you are, like what are the things that you love, what are the things that you like don't love, and, and then really doing some of that work to, yeah, to get to know yourself. And you can do this through journaling or whatnot, uh, some personality tests out there. Uh, I think the second piece is the hardest piece, and this is around accepting all of that stuff that you just found in the knowing yourself section. And that includes you know, the good, the bad, the weird, and the ugly. And really saying like, look, 
I accept all of this weirdness about me. The world may tell me that actually I should hide my bad, weird, and ugly over to the side so that I conform into this idea of what a mold of success should look like. But I think when we do that, we, there's a little bit of betrayal of ourselves because when we're saying, you know, all that stuff that makes me, me, I have to leave by the wayside and I have to put on a mask. And, and a lot of us, I think, go around the world, go around in our daily lives wearing a lot of masks uh, so that we can conform and fit in. So I think that acceptance part is really comes back to like, mm. am I willing to like bring back, you know, the, the, the bursting into musical lyrics, like <laughs> when I'm walking down the street and just singing, you know, to my heart's delight mm-hmm. and that being okay. And once we have some acceptance of all those things that make us us, then I feel like it's, we have this really great platform to be able to share our uniqueness and our unique gifts with the world and all the things that uniquely make us us. And that we can probably do better than anybody else because the combination of our talents makes us so different and so much more valuable to the world. Wow. Mm. So it sounds like when somebody finds that place, there's a way in which it almost seems like competition dissolves. I mean, if we're all unique and contributing, there's no one to compete with. Is that? Yes. (laughs) <laughs> that is exactly it. And, and I think that's where I came to with my coaching is that I was like, well, I'm trying to compete against all these people, but I'm like, nobody does it the way I do. Nobody has the way, nobody does it the way I, or thinks the way I think, or like yeah, feels the way I feel. So why do I need to stand against all of these individuals and feel like I'm competing? And you don't, because I'm very different. It's, it's the oranges and apples comparison, right? Like, Mm-hmm. None of us are apples and apples. We're all unique fruits. And we just <laughs> decide that we're like, I'm going to be an apple. You're going to be an apple. So then we'll all just compete as apples. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. That's really pretty cool. Dang. But in a culture where, where we're trying, striving to belong, we're striving to, to you know, fit in and, and be okay with everybody else's, you know, click and all of that stuff. I mean, isn't that, isn't that almost directly opposed to so much of our society today? In a short answer, yes. <laughs> so you are a radical at heart, really. I a am. Complete rebellious radical. Cool. <laughs> and I had, a, I had a coach ask me this great question. He, was, he said, Mac, do you think you're a reformer or revolutionary? Ooh, what did you come to? Like, I think I'm a revolutionary. I I think I'm done. And I think I started my early career as a reformer. I'm like, I can fix the system. I think we can create newness, betterness from within. And I've gotten older and started to look and take a look at how we've started to structure, uh, yeah, just society. I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, I think we really need to redefine like what, we believe humanity is all about. Like what our humanness means to us. Mm, that's a deep question. How best to be asking that question is, is, is the, uh, the pursuit of my, my desire with music and, and, and using uh, communication tools. I'm just kind of curious, uh, just beforehand, before our show here, you mentioned uh, that you had uh, a piano and a guitar in the, in the past. And I was wondering, so in relation to success and maybe this transformational arc that needs to take place, do you see music as playing a role in that? I think it can be. And, and I think it's because it is one of those things where we gather people together and we still have respect for differences in music. Mm-hmm. Right. And so the people that we think might like heavy metal are actually sometimes not the people we think who like heavy metal. And, and you're like, oh, that's, that's interesting. And rap and all there's all of these disparate areas where for some reason music can bring us together. Mm-hmm. But when we start talking about politics and religion, which is sort of like music at some of it, you know, you're like, well, it's, you know, I, I swing over here and you swing over there, but we can't listen to it together. Why is that? And so we, I think the music creates this enjoyment, this shared enjoyment. I think similar to food, 
we can all find some enjoyment in eating a meal together. And, and so I think, yes, the music is really, it, you know, I'm going to bring up this really obscure reference, but if you watched uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> in 19 what 91 you know like Keanu Reeves and that other guy like they came to this realization that Bill and Ted's music was what was going to like bring the world back together um because they were so separate hmm. wow. Wow. I'd have to watch that one again now <laughs> <laughs> great George yeah. Carlin is in it and he's wonderful he's uh oh. yeah oh, is that like his first movie or something uh. oh man <laughs> Oh, so, very close, very close. Wow. Well, this is, you have some incredible material and an incredible philosophy and perspective on things. And I'm curious, what led you into this in the first place? Like, were you always this person or did you have your own journey to go on to get here now? That's a great question. Uh, and I can say that, no, uh, I, I, it took three years in the wilderness. Uh, I think that's what I, I like to call those years. And uh, I had a very traditional corporate career, did my MBA, went to a leadership development program. Uh, and, and at some point I came out and I was like, I don't think I wanna do this anymore. Uh, I, I think I need to go off on my own. And so I started a travel business. So I basically left corporate America and you know, moved to Bangkok. And so I moved to Thailand to start this travel business. Uh, which after a year did not work out. And, and essentially through that year, uh, I then started working with a bunch of uh, social justice, uh, you know, nonprofit people. And they were working with, you know, sort of the least, the lost and the last. So people who, you know, were refugees or, you know, like uh, just, yeah, marginalized people. And just seeing like the hearts of people of, willing to like step up and say, I want to make a difference and I want to see, and I want to create a solution for people who are in need. And I think that was very inspiring. Um, and I had my own journey as I uh, continued and then I got trained as a coach. And my coach asked me, uh, as I was going through his training, a lot of really poignant questions like, what are you doing with your life? What is your dream? You know, you're helping all these other people fulfill their dreams, but what, ha what happened to your dream? And I was like, Oh, I don't know, Hendre. My dream, my dream died. I started this company and, and it died. So that's all I got. So I'm just going to help other people. He's like, that's great, Mac. Keep doing that. But, you know, when's it going to be a good time to dream a new dream? I'm like, oh, you can just get out of here. I'm just, <laughs> I had over a year for a while. Sounds like a good coach when he's pushing you. That's awesome. <laughs> he's a great coach. And, you know, I think, and he also helped to give me some of the skills around coaching uh, through this process. And uh, I got trained up and I was like, you know what, this is my dream. I have really identified something that I'm good at. I have a deep love for it. I love like this interaction with um, the one-on-one -on -one connection that you can make with people. Mm -hmm. uh, and then seeing the results where, you know, after what, three hours together, you know, over a couple months, you're like, who are you? you're not the person that I talked to three months ago. What, what happened? And you're like, I just asked you some questions. And all of a sudden, like you're taking new action into your life. You're like creating the future that you want to create. And I was like, oh, I want to do this for the rest of my life. Yeah, and, that, uh, that is so neat. I have to admit you, you resonate with me because that's how I fell in love with coaching as well as having had a coach who reminded me uh, you have your own dreams. It's okay to dream. Why aren't you doing that? You know, really pushing those buttons and that experience, you know, it's exactly why I got into coaching and started, you know, life coaching and, and working with others and those, those conversations. I, I have to ask coach to coach. Yeah. Do you have conversations where, you know, you hear what you're saying and, and, what, what's happening in the conversation and in the back of your mind, you're going, yeah, I need to hear this too. Like who's really being coached here, you know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it's, it's actually they're talking mm -hmm. and I'm like, why are you telling me my story? And mm, <laughs> yeah, uh, I know the, I know the question I need to ask you 
and I have to ask it of myself, but I won't answer it on my own right now. So I'll just leave that to another time. But oh, you're really just drilling into my problems right now. <laughs> it's, it's such a beautiful place to recognize how much we are truly mirrors for each other. And you can't yeah. coach without growing yourself. It's just, yes. it's so cool. I love, I love it. <laughs> well, and we're getting pretty close to, uh, oh. what was our time? How's our time yes, trip? thank you. I'm usually the the, the time <laughs> Nazi, and and I I love that I I love I, this. I, thank you. <laughs> I've been refraining from asking my next question, thinking you're okay. <laughs> no, it's perfect. We do need to take a break. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you very much. <laughs> but before we do, I have a quick question for our listeners: How are you expressing your unique gifts, talents, and voice in the world? We want to hear your story and help you reach our worldwide audience. Visit riseandshineasone.com to learn more. And coming up after the break, you're going to hear a beautiful song called Peace Pilgrim by award-winning singer-songwriter Pat LaManna. Now, the Peace Pilgrim was a remarkable woman who walked back and forth across the country seven times between 1953 and 1981. She spoke about peace in churches, college campuses, on the radio, television, and one-to-one. So this song tells her story and even uses her own words. Pete Seeger loved this song so much that he included part of it in his album, but you're going to hear the whole thing. So stay tuned for Peace Pilgrim right after this. In our changing world, how can you protect the self-esteem, confidence, and dreams of the children you love in just five minutes a day, even from a distance? To learn more about Uncle Mark's Best Indie Book award-winning kids book, his music, and resources to support families, visit truesunbeam.com. And if you're an author or musician with a similar mission, learn how to be a guest on the Rise and Shine radio show. Visit Uncle Mark at truesunbeam.com. Are you tired of feeling disconnected and shut down? Since every choice has ripple effects, lasting happiness is a product of the choices we make each day. Tune in to Rise and Shine, not just for mornings anymore. Lori Ann Rising and Uncle Mark Olmstead introduced you to authors, musicians, artists, and innovators, all actively engaged in designing a world that works for everyone. Make sure you're along for the ride, Tuesdays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Variety. Are you a woman who's tired of staying silent and people-pleasing at the expense of your own health, wealth, and happiness? Discover the roadmap to self-confidence and freedom in Lorianne Rising's international award-winning book, You, Rising, Reclaim Your Life, Live Your Purpose. And if you're an author whose nonfiction or memoir makes a powerful difference, you're invited to be a guest on the Rise and Shine radio show. For books, resources, and show details, visit LorianneRising.com. Her name was Peace Pilgrim, her age was unknown She carried no money and she had no home She walked our land for 28 years To show us we can overcome our hatred and our fears She said, I will walk until I'm given shelter She said, I will fast until I'm given bread I will remain a wanderer until mankind has learned the way of peace Her message was simple It's all been said before We cannot learn peace while we're waging war Good will conquer evil Truth will conquer lies Love will conquer hatred If only we will try She said, I will walk Until I'm given shelter She said, I will fast Until I'm given bread I will remain a wanderer 
Some nights she slept on pillows and some nights she slept on stones. One day out on the highway she shed her robe of clay. But the message that she carried still lives on in us today. She said, I will walk until I'm given shelter. She said, I will fast until I'm given bread. I will remain a wanderer until mankind has learned the way of peace. is deep within yourself then you can show the way to someone else when enough of us have learned to live in harmony the old ways will crumble and our love will set us free she said i will walk until i'm given shelter she said i will fast given bread I will remain a wanderer until mankind has learned the way of peace I will remain a wanderer until mankind has learned the way of peace welcome back to rise and shine that beautiful song was peace pilgrim by award-winning singer-songwriter Pat LaManna, who's currently living in the Hudson Valley of New York. You can learn more about her and her music at www.patlamana.com. That's P-A-T-L-A-M-A-N-N-A. You can also find her on Facebook at Pat LaManna Music. Definitely look her up. She has some amazing and beautiful songs. There was a time when working for the same company long enough ensured you were taken care of in retirement. But for the vast majority of us, those days are long gone. And with it, the idea that success is only about having a good job and decent income. Well, we're here with Mac Layton of Coaching Collective, talking about how radical authenticity creates more meaningful success and fulfillment. And I'm just interested, uh, you know, we were talking a little bit about, about getting to know ourselves. Um, how, how do I start to get to know myself more deeply? That's a great question, Mark. And I think in terms of the knowing yourself, it, we have actually a good number of assessments out there these days. You know, like I use the Enneagram personally, uh, and I find that to be really illuminating in terms of helping us to understand our motivations and then that's what drives our behaviors. Um, there are a number of you know, self-help books out there you can read and, and just learn about yourself. Uh, I, I find that journaling and really starting to yeah, just let your subconscious start speaking to you is also a good way. But I think you know, once we get there, I think you know, the part is that I think that actually we do know ourselves in a lot of different ways. We just choose to hide a bunch of ourselves from from ourselves. And that's mm. a little bit esoteric. But I think when we get to this idea of, yes, I know all these things about me. Like I know that I'm emotional. I know that I, uh, I like to sing. And I, you know, actually the things that drive me a little crazier when things look out of order. Uh, and then these are the things that I've, you know, come to accept myself and I find myself as a quirky person. And then there's some stuff that is probably sitting underneath the surface. Uh, they say that, you know, we live with, what, 10% of our conscious mind and 90% of our mind is driven by our subconscious. So there's all this stuff that sort of sits underneath the surface that we don't really look at. And, and so I think, you know, as people are really interested in, in diving deeper, I think there's some fear that can arise. You're like, oh, do I really want to know this about myself? Uh, I mean, these are things like sexuality. These are things like, uh, yeah, just like some of looking at some of the hurts that have come uh, from the past and like what that's created for you. And so, you know, are you willing to go open up that box and take a look at what's inside? And I think when we are able to find the courage to say like today, 
or like in this new season, I'm willing to open up that box and to really understand who I am and like all the things that happened that have created who I am. You know, that's, that's probably the biggest, most challenging step to knowing yourself. Mm. So in terms of the, how is the, that, that process actually accomplished? Is that like through a series of questions that you just get deeper and deeper? I think, I think that can actually be a place where a therapist can actually be very, very helpful. So with coaching, coaching is a much more future looking uh, intervention with people. So it's really about getting clear about a better preferred future that you're willing to chase after and then looking at where you are, and then maybe we can take a look into the past uh, and then move forward knowing, you know, sort of a, a bigger, clearer view. But I think if you have dealt with some trauma in your life or you need some healing to be able to move forward, uh, I've worked with a couple of energy healers. I've worked with therapists in the past who can help to, to do some of that healing work in a much more therapeutic way than I think a coach can. Um, so I think, you know, in my in my journey, this, this season for me has been very healing because I've decided I'd like to go open up that box and see what's down there. And uh, it led me to a few yeah, healers who were able to, yeah, really create some clarity and some illumination without me having to experience all this pain that I'd locked away in that box many years ago. Hmm. That's nice. So you, mm -hmm. you definitely, I love that you're making the distinction between coaching and therapy. And I, I know there can be a little bit of overlap and, you know, sometimes though it's like, okay, where is that line? And when do you start to refer people to different places? And, and for some people maybe working with both can be helpful. I'm curious, what, what sometimes maybe gets in the way of somebody being able to really move forward in coaching and finding their own radical authenticity? That's a great question. And I think it's some of the stuff we just talked about. It's that fear of knowing. I think that many of us uh, get a, a view of what successful me looks like. And so there's an expectation that's set. There's a model that we are aspiring to become. And so then any deviation from that can shatter our world and can shatter our worldview. And so, you know, one of the things, you know, going back to my story from earlier is that I had to shatter that whole idea that I was going to be a Fortune 50 C-suite executive. That was what I had built into my mind. And I had a whole list of the things that would make me successful including travel to seven continents, speak five languages, give them away a million dollars, right? And I had to let that go. And that can be in itself a very, very daunting task. And so, and it asks you, okay, well then, would you like to dream a new dream? And you're like, mm, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> because there's so much disappointment. You're like, well, I didn't do this one that I came exactly. up with 20 years ago. So right. why am Isaac isn't being any different this time. So there's a lot of, I think, stuff that gets in our way and a lot of the self-talk because I think in some ways this gets to like, we haven't really accepted ourselves for who we are and we don't love ourselves for who we are. Because if we did that and we spark from there, from a, a self-acceptance and a self-love, then actually it doesn't really matter who we become, right? We can, we can actually have the... the the ability to thrive like a plant and just be like, I'm just going to start growing and I might end up like this and I might end up like that, but I'm thriving in my present day. Mm. I love that image. That's really beautiful. That, the path to thriving. That is, that's, that's one I want paved for sure. Yes. It's okay. So, so in terms of the benefits along the way to that experience of thriving, I mean, are there, are there other signs to look for? that shows that you're on the right path? Yeah, I think as you start to, to sit in yourself and sit in and really accept these gifts, right? You're, and here's the, the weird part about life is that you're going to be thrown challenges to test your resolve about like, are you really serious about this acceptance or are you just gonna like drink back mm -hmm. into, into the place that you, you, know, you were in before? Um, 
And I think that as you find the confidence to say, yes, like I accept my weirdness. <laughs> okay. All right. Nobody freaked out. So I could start to move a little bit further along the path. And I think as you start to see people, yeah, I mean, I would say if people start to do things like different in their lives and if something has changed dramatically in their lives, like something happened, like there's a trigger that something happened that could be more profound than we think. You're like, oh, somebody just, you know, like completely redecorated their house. You're like, that's interesting. Tell me more what's going on in your life because something happened in your life to say, I need a change. I need to like stop the inertia that's been stopping me. And like, I'm going to go and do something. New. So Very what, cool. you know, you, you've mentioned this good, bad, weird, and ugly mm-hmm. piece. And I, I'm going to re- be reminding you when I'm being weird that it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Max said so. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but that's like every day. It's all good. <laughs> So he's living his most authentic life. <laughs> Mark, you win. <laughs> it's all good, bad, weird. Yeah, finally. <laughs> so when you're referring to that good, bad, weird, and ugly, is that like just the pieces that don't fit into what we would consider normal society? Or are those pieces that are really, I mean, bad inherently somehow that we need to also accept or, or some combination. I don't know if I'm, I'm making sense, but. No, perfect sense. Um, I think when we take a look at what being a good person looks like, being a successful person looks like, I think you really create a mold and society has helped us to create a, a couple of molds of like what that might look like. So the, the bad, weird and the ugly I mean, some of those things are like, it is, not, uh, it is not right for people to get angry. It's just like a, a bad thing in society. But actually, anger is one of our five core emotions. And if we don't express the anger, we just suppress it, then it's like a volcano. It's just going to explode somewhere else, and we don't address it. So, you know, there are other things like, uh, it's not right. I mean, I'm going to go off the, uh, the reservation. It's not right for men to wear skirts. Mm. Why? In some cultures, it's fine, right? In our culture, it isn't. So I don't know if you like wearing skirts, like, is that a problem? It's not right for men to wear makeup. Why not? So, and so as you start to think about how we've created boxes and as having a a father of a little son, I'm, I'm like vastly like interested in like, hey, what are we telling our son about the world? Like what he needs to look like and like what, you know, is open to him and the freedom that he has to choose his identity and like be who he wants to be. And I think that's where, you know, I know when I was raised, it was pretty like, yeah, you should do this, do this. You know, you like blue, you have trucks. Um, Do I like blue just because I like blue or is it because I like blue because that was the like most dominant color in my room for like 15 years. Mm -hmm. So I think some of that stuff is like, actually, I really like orange. Orange is my favorite color. And that's not like, always accepted, you know, in, in some circles, right? And so you're like, oh, that's weird. Why do you mm. do that? Mm-hmm. So I think that's where I start to pick apart the, you know, it, it's maybe not all just bad and ugly, but I think there are a lot of, you know, yeah, a lot of con- con- cultural constraints that get just sort of overlaid because that's what we know. That's how we raised or were raised and will probably continue to raise until we question some of those beliefs. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and, are you really dialed in with uh, uh, that that subconscious development before the age of seven? I mean, I'm just blown away that you said earlier that 90% of our lives are li- is lived out of our subconscious. Did I hear that correctly? That's correct. O-M-G. <laughs> so we're on autopilot most of the time, basically. That's well, I'm hearing that is, is we are on the program that we received before we turned seven and everything that was downloaded into our subconscious programming, because that's, that's what's taking place there. The importance then of those first seven years and the kinds of questions, the kinds of 
of input that we're offering, that we're the, the diversity that you're describing here. What kind of parameters are we, or boxes are we putting their subconscious and therefore their lives into? Mm -hmm. Right? Yes. I mean, yes, absolutely. And, and so it's, you know, for my wife and I, it's, you know, we like our, you know, our son and whoever's coming next to be out in nature and just enjoying and learning from nature and really not sitting in front of a screen uh, because we believe that the world can teach us what we need to learn. I mean, my, my wife is an educator, so she's like, we can learn geometry from looking at leaves. Why do we need to sit and read a book? I was like, oh, that's very, and I came from a very, you know, school wrote memorization type of you know, schooling. So I'm like, well, I don't know. I mean, don't they need to learn times tables? She's like, yes, no. <laughs> so I think it really does, you know, then shape, well, if we want to build and like, if we want to raise really like wonderful human beings, yeah, what are we doing to invest our time, you know, pre seven years old? I, I think you're spot on. Mm -hmm. Man. Now, what's the coaching problem or coaching uh, process for, for adults raising kids? I mean, for success, <laughs> I mean, that would be, I think could be a whole new niche. <laughs> potentially yes <laughs> definitely I'll have to look into that <laughs> definitely yeah parenting skills are and it's, it's a world that is shifting and changing so much and so quickly it's almost like the more we learn about how to be a full human the more we realize we've been doing it wrong <laughs> kind of thing uh, in many ways, or at least imposing rules that don't make sense maybe. Um, and it's almost like the more we know, the more we realize we don't know. And so how do we find that balance then? I mean, we have to socialize our kids to some degree, but then we're also putting them in a box, you know, and even with ourselves, we all have had a past and there's some undoing to recover and, and understand who we are and, and where is that balance. So it's an on, it sounds like it's an ongoing process for all of us once it gets started. Yeah, Lorianne, you're, you're so, so right. It's, it's really, are we willing to learn and then unlearn some of the things so that we can relearn something new. And I think that unlearning part is very jarring uh, because that's the, oh, I was taught that these things are bad. So I have to unlearn that to find acceptance and then create the acceptance and then go forward so that now I'm newly open to new possibilities in, in the world that's in front of me. So I think, yeah, you're, you're spot on. It's like <clears throat> racism and those kinds of things that, that would be pretty... Yeah, that's, that's an obvious one, I think. Um, but yeah, even some of the more subtle ones, just in terms of, well, you know, this is my role in life and what I'm supposed to do versus who I really am and what fits me, you know? Um, I mean, there's, I, I can't think of a place in life that that doesn't apply to, actually, which mm. means there's a lot of work to be done. <laughs> that's what that means. Yeah. But you're it keeping does. busy, Mac. I am. I am. And actually, what's funny is that uh, during COVID, you know, people have lost certainty of their future. Mm -hmm. And so when you're asked to rethink about your future, it gets really scary. You're like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think I just know, the only thing I know is that I don't want to keep going down this path. But the rest seems really daunting. Mm -hmm. And so I need some help with clarity. I need some help with like, yeah, somebody to ask me some questions to make me answer my own tough question. And that's so a, that's where coaching is great. It's amazing what happens when our illusions disappear. I mean, we have this thing where it's like, oh, well, I made a plan, so it's going to happen. And we think of stability as stable. And if there's anything any of us, I think, have learned this year is that it was all an illusion in the first place. Mm -hmm. Life can and does happen. Uh, and it's it's daunting in many ways and i kind of think of it as like a, a wonderful opportunity too to rethink i mean once you can get out of the fear and the shock of it but what a wonderful opportunity to just kind of go you know what i can totally recreate myself in my life that didn't work let's go for it 
So I, it's been a lot of fun. I think this year, I feel very blessed, at least for us, that we started this radio show this year, this radio show. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's, it's really been a wonderful, positive thing for us (laughs) to stay focused on. And I know there's a lot of people who can really use your work and your coaching and your perspective to help them find their thing too, after this year. So I'm curious if, if there was just one or two things that a listener, if, if they heard nothing else or got nothing else about this conversation today, what would you want them to walk away with after, after hearing this today? Let's see. I think I can wrap it up in probably two things. And, and I really believe that the acceptance part is so important. And I, and I really feel that right now with so many different things bombarding us, right? And if you're in your, if you're a youth, if you're like a millennial, there's so many pictures of what the world wants you to be. And so much of it is, can you start to to create a little spark of like, I love who I am just the way I am. Mm -hmm. And if you can start to say that to yourself, to create the language inside your own soul, inside your own heart that says, I love you just the way you are. Mm -hmm. Then we can start to build confidence because we're actually building a, a foundation that it's not driven by external sources and external validation. We're like, no, I am building love for myself. And I think that's where a lot of this starts. And then we start talking about, now that I love myself, I can then start to say, well, like, what's my purpose here? What is life all about? Because now you're coming from a foundation that's actually firm and solid rather than a foundation of like, well, the world wants you to look like this, so start building from there. And maybe that gets taken away from you. Mm-hmm. And then you're lost. But if you start from me, self-love, self-acceptance, nobody can take that from you. Mm. That mm-hmm. is so beautiful. Thank you thank so much. You, thank you. That is, that is a really, really solid, you know, that, that looking in the mirror, even the, the, the naked in front of the mirror thing and saying, I love you. Right. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and different parts of the body even and accepting like that, that seems that, that would be a good example of radical acceptance, yeah. and acceptance for, for a lot of us. And, and it sort of makes me glad we're on the radio right now, but that's okay. Um, so, <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. You're a beautiful person. Oh, I just, I really, really love and appreciate that, that solid foundation and place to come from, because you're right, nobody can take that from you. So whatever happens in life, you always have that and can create and build from there. And that's just, that's so beautiful. So we are getting um, to the end of our show though, but I want to make sure that listeners have a way of reaching you and connecting with you and learning more. So how, how can they do that? Uh, so there's a website, uh, Macling.com, M-A-C-L-I-N-G.com. And, uh, and then I'm on LinkedIn, Twitter, if, uh, and I think those links will be down in the uh, description, correct? Yes. Actually, we're going to put some, uh, your website will be in the description, and we are also putting links on our website uh, as well once, once the show is complete here. And do I remember correctly that there's a, a free gift for uh, listeners as well? Uh, is just offering a free 60-minute session with me with no strings attached. And it's really come, bring whatever you'd like to talk about. And, uh, and if it makes sense for us to keep going and, and start a relationship together, then fantastic. If you get something powerful from 60 minutes, amazing. And, and just, you know, go forward. And, you know, I think the only, the only ask I really have is tell a friend and do something to pay it forward. You know, and and uh, that's awesome. Very generous and very yes. I think definitely. I'll be taking you up on that <laughs> <laughs> anytime, Mark. Let's book that in. Wonderful. <laughs> Thanks, <Amber too. laughs> well, okay. thank you so much for being with us uh, today, Mac. It's just been such a pleasure, and you have so much to offer. And I just. I love what you're talking about. I love the work that you're doing. And I'm, I feel blessed that we get to help share it with our listeners. So thank you very much. Very thank much. you both. 
it's been so great and you guys have just really yeah, made this conversation so easy and really enjoyed our conversation together thank you thank you thank you again mac for joining us today and to all of our listeners for joining us as well and we hope that you are enjoying this show as much as we are enjoying creating it in fact we're hoping you enjoy it enough that you take just a moment out of your day to nominate us for the first ever annual Family Friendly Podcast Awards. We are in the running and we just need listeners to visit their website, scroll down, click on nominate and share how much you love us too, because it would be such an incredible honor to earn that recognition from our listeners. That website is podicongo.com backslash awards. That's P as in Paul, O, D as in dog, I, C, O, N, G, O, dot com backslash awards. And I will put that in the description and on our website as well so that it, you have easy access to it. That contest is accepting nominations now through November 30th, and awards will be announced in January. So if you are listening to this and you love family-friendly content, please take just a couple of minutes out of your day, visit that website, pottycongo.com backslash awards, and nominate well, hopefully our show, since we are family friendly, um, but nominate us and tell the world just how important family friendly content is to you. We appreciate it so very, very much. To all our listeners, remember that Lorianne and I are on a mission to help make the world a better place and to uplift voices that are not typically heard. So if you or someone you know, an author, a musician, innovator, or even a comedian whose perspective and message challenges the old paradigms and definitions to open up our hearts and our minds, please, please reach out to us. We want to support you and help you connect to our worldwide audience and, uh, and amplify your message. Just visit riseandshineasone.com to apply to be a guest. And remember, until next week, wherever you are, there's always time for remembering to rise, rise and shine. <laughs> Have a great week. Thank you for listening to Rise and Shine. Please join Lorianne Rising and Uncle Mark Olmstead for another great show next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until then, keep rising and shining. Joy sound of the light. Sound of the joy sound.